I'm so sorry in Terabang, that was a bit shrill. I was just very baffled prior to recording. Michelle was just sipping some water, and I think it says hug the mug, but this mug was astronomically sized. It was like the size of a moon. Um, it was just really big in proportion to her head. It's, I think it's bigger than her head. It, like, it just baffles me she's able to hold it. Not, which is not to say anything about her strength. It's just, like, I don't have, like, don't baby know. doll hands, like plastic Barbie hands. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's difficult to imagine, like, someone drinking out of a pitcher just because there are smaller vessels to drink out of, right? And I think, this this kind of mentality is what surprised me, caught me off guard when I saw you drinking this. No, um, no, you are actually giant. Right. It is a bit bigger. I don't <laughs> it say hug and a mug. I don't know. There's aren't really like totally. There are some standard measurements for drinking mugs. And I know this is yeah, it's like eight ounce to twelve ounces. Sometimes you're pushing it sixteen ounce, but, I don't but know, like how much. It's bigger than a soup bowl. It's literally the size of her head. She's putting it side by side, and I can see in the video chat. Okay, okay, all right. Maybe it's like it's like half of her. It's up to her zygomatic arch from her chin. Five inches in diameter. That means nothing to most people. Pretty wide. It's bigger than a grapefruit. (laughs) We did not intend to start out the the episode with this but the grapefruit is definitely fitting yeah you can put it in the put it in the put it in the mug well there's just oh, we want we want to hear the plop no the oh grapefruit oh skin is not i have a grapefruit in terabang i can like wash this <laughs> it's the size of a, a pomelo for this purpose of people challenging my mug sizes <laughs> i just got this today because <laughs> um, the pomelo didn't look too great, and that's not really a fruit over where I'm living, anyways. So I don't know why I'm, considering it. I'm on the wrong part of, it's the, the, very size wrong of part a, the country to be like a pomelo, especially it's, this time. You of know, year. the size of a, a small, personal, seedless watermelon. <laughs> I wouldn't say that big. I don't know, man. It's it's a. How's it going? It's on a, this is where we're at. How are you doing? Any, uh, What's your favorite any, medium to large size fruit? Can you imagine doing like a tr- bar- trade bartering with like wits <laughs> when your mind's going? Hey, can I just have a, a little bit of your wit? Because I have no wit left. I, I need to be a little wittier. I'm witless. Uh, what a what a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hope you're doing um, it. Yes, hope hope you've kept your wits about you. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I'm doing well, Michelle. How about yourself? You're not sure. Yeah, I think I'm, I've am i just lost it. I don't know if I had it in the first place, but I don't know what it really is defined. Maybe it's the it from the wit, but I just have the W left. Well, some people say having a W means like you have a win, like a success. I don't know. Just, just were, give me why. Just, Tell me why. You were really good up until about four minutes ago. I I don't know what happened. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, uh, yes. Do you want to show your question? <laughs> oh yes, my question. I am quite scatterbrained, as you might have noticed. Um, so I was watching a video uh, a few weeks ago, 
and um, it was the the interaction between the two people kind of I found quite interesting. And one of the questions that was asked, I forgot the context for this entirely, but it was uh, something about like, what are your favorite aspects about the human experience? I'm butchering this question. Michelle, help me out here. I wrote it down and now I've forgotten entirely. A few weeks ago, who had a little (laughs) bit more wit than the Stephanie right now. Let's let's leave uh. there. Um, let's phone in a friend. <laughs> Stephanie from a few weeks ago said, uh, <laughs> "I'm just going to wheel, got... wheel this Stephanie off to the side." Just one moment. <laughs> Stephanie from a few weeks ago. Her question was for us in Terrabang: Is what is slash are your favorite and least favorite parts about being human? This could also just relate to our overall idea of the human experience. Maybe. You know, contemplating life on Earth, having a certain awareness about ourselves as humans. You could say, you know, what is your favorite slash least favorite part about being you as well? So I'll say it one more time. What is your what is slash are your favorite and least favorite parts about being human? You can talk about the human experience, contemplating life on Earth and, you know, having a certain awareness about how humans are and also you know, you could answer the question of what is your favorite, least favorite part about being you? Shall we start with the downer or the, the upper first? It sounds like I don't have that in mind, so you go right ahead with that track okay. before you get... Let's, let's, let's go, go right with ahead. the sad you part before we go to the happy part. Okay, so I think for me, right, the the negative of the human experience would be you know, typical downers, anxiety, pain, sadness, awkwardness, just general uncertainty. I don't know how other creatures think. Maybe they don't have the idea of... I'm sorry, can you slow that um, down? You said anxiety? Yeah, like, do you think your average amoeba is just floating out there next to a paracium, paramecium, thinking, oh, I don't look like this guy? Does that make me feel kind of weird, you know? Or like I don't, I don't move around like this fungi is growing. Like, does this, this is make me kind of an oddball? Because to me, you know? anxiety and dread are like foresight into the future about you know something that hasn't actually happened. Maybe something sure. has happened, but something it doesn't exist, right? It's not like a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like a yeah, like, like self imposed stress, you know, like at the end only certainties that we have are we're born and we will die everything else in between it's kind of like who knows what's going to happen so uh we have talked on this topic so i don't want to like linger on this yeah yeah so i just wanted to to briefly just bullet point that and then move on from there gracefully um so yeah in addition to all the stuff that we've had mentioned in previous podcasts just you know like that that's the the self-reflection sometimes can get a little uh turbulent in the same vortex and that's not fun and it's it's best when you can kind of just cut through the chase right but like something that i that's like in the same mixed area, metaphors the same area of self-reflection to me when you're able to like perceive yourself in certain scenarios are uh. dreams Uh I really think dreams and fantasies and imaginations are like positive and whimsical 
I think that's pretty cool. Whether it's like actual dreams you have in your sleep and not only humans dream, um, mm-hmm. but like the idea of like what your dream future is like. Or your is it expanding on like what you know to be reality or are we talking like absolute um like fantastical stuff that well, that's, yeah, that's, can that's never happen right. because it defies physics. Yeah, cause I, w- I was taking where you were at with the self-reflection bit, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can take the self-reflection where you can have, you know, put your own reflection into a dream mm-hmm. situation, and you can go further mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thing and be like you said, like it's a completely fair. original. You're not even part of it. Um, scenario thing. That's a fair point. I think that's need to have that ability to envision things that way that and also it's a very useful survival skill that's been proven for those who are in pretty dire situations to have a a goal that's not right in front of them but like uh something to get you motivated and push past and like thinking outside the box from you know their normal constraints yeah um that you know i think also um like, learn to th- take things in, like, a good, hearty fashion. Like, taking a good sense of humor. Um, I guess just having a sense of humor when, when anything dire or, uh, you know, just mildly boring happens. Just just being able to see the tongue-in-cheek situation of it. Otherwise, it's very easy to kind of get caught in, in one mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my articulation is not the strongest at this point of day <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a one English teacher in ninth grade used to tell me that the purpose of education is to get the jokes. And I thought about this quote for years now and you know, I'm I'm reading a bunch of different source material. I'm watching a whole bunch of shows and movies. Not all of them are academic, um, but when people are making references to, you know, The Godfather, I'm like, ah, this is fun, Gabagool. And now I know it's Cap. <laughs> that's the Soprano, sorry. Um, but now I know that's like a slang term for Capicola, which is like a type of a corned beef. It's a very delicious piece of meat, um, and a little bit spicy, but um. Mm. Just, just like, be able to connect things together. I think is is kind of what I feel like that's true draws for me. Some jokes, but definitely not all. To me, the main sure thing is sarcasm as a sense of okay. as an aspect of humor. That's okay. something that is not through education. I feel like that's more through life experience. Like when life okay. just throws you down. Like sure, because that's something that you learn. Like you you hang out with a bunch of kindergartners and you be sarcastic uh-huh, uh-huh. with them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, five-year-old kids and, and younger, uh-huh. you used to be sarcastic, uh-huh. they'll take it all very literally because they, uh-huh, uh-huh. their brains just haven't developed to have that sense of like, it's a weird dark, darkness, like a dark humor thing. Sure. Like only, only those in the know will know. Yeah. And those who are not in the know will not get it. With life. Yeah. With life experience. And yeah, not, I mean, not that it's reserved for like 18 and older. Like you, I mean, just with age. Sure. And I just don't, and I feel like, I can't even remember from my starting to learn sarcasm as a child, but I remember there's certain cases where you like have to very like literally be like, okay, no, if someone says that, they are likely being sarcastic. Like the idea of someone, there's a statement, you go, no, but like, oh, that's a sarcastic no. 
instead of like a, oh, I am, they really are disagreeing or something. I am often a very literal person, and so I have the sarcasm with an H. Um, uh, so I, I, I think I'm not necessarily a sarcastic individual. I'm a very like tongue in cheek type of humor person. So like, I have a lot of inside jokes with myself. You know, yeah, as I was gonna say, you know what I like about myself? Like our inside joke, like pun inside joke things. I think that's double entendres. Human experience of like, ah, 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 and then it's like you get it, you get it. I don't know if other species experience this because I cannot speak for them uh, because I don't know what they think about, and I don't know if any scientific studies um, have have done any analysis on this. But I kind of like how. Once people from a group have a shared experience or phrase that they have learned together or something, they they can now lean on that. And yeah, it's it's something you can't unless that person becomes you know one person becomes forgetful and you have to explain the whole joke again. But still, um, <laughs> I think it's quite fun to have some gentle humor injected to any conversation just to take away from. You know the seriousness of the situations, and people are just constantly stressed. And it's nice to, you know, make the mood a little bit lighter um, from time to time again. Speaking of light mood, I'm, I think I, I'm noticing in answering your question, I'm kind of in a positive mood right now for mm. whatever reason. Could be my hug and emoji. Lovely. So, so I yeah. huge <laughs> a lot of positive energy coming out of that giant cup of tea. So oh I'm noticing that the answer I'm giving tonight. Would definitely be quite different. Um, I sure. agree with everything I'm saying tonight, but the overall answer and could be different. So, in Terabang, if you're not I aligning so with what I'm saying or accepting saying, it's not necessarily definitive. It's just way, representative yeah. of you know the time of recording, just how we are. Which is something that I like about myself. I have that awareness to realize that that I will change my my answers depending on my quickly changing mood do you find yourself to change a lot because i find that i am a fairly consistent individual i have talked to i think you and some other friends and i've totally forgotten again memory like swiss cheese um you know like about some choices or selections that i've or anecdotes i've told them and then like I think I'll go to like the hardware store, pick out some pictures, or, you know, the paints, the sample paints, and then um, bring them back home to use as bookmarks. And then I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I have this exact same shade of yellow or green or blue already. Um, and and I hadn't picked that piece up for like years. And it's, you know, uh, so I think I am shockingly consistent in some Areas. In terms, I'm sitting here crossing my fingers, hoping Why? that Stephanie will not bring up the Robert Pattinson hot dog video. We've talked about this <laughs> on other episodes before, um, but oh. yes, I think. Um, oh boy. I think you are. Yeah, I think you are consistent in your overall preferences and things, but also your like. I I learned to grow to like things, but like the old stuff I liked before, I don't dislike them later on, usually. Do you ever laugh at your own jokes, like genuinely? Like, oh, that was so Oh yeah, all the time. People are like, what are you laughing at? Like, we didn't even say anything funny. I'm like, 
No, 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 no. I've just replayed this conversation in my head, and I'm just laughing along <laughs> to my own. <laughs> even more is like kind of similar to saying about like you forgot you did something. Like oftentimes uh-huh. at work or at school, like I'll like make a funny name for like a meeting or some outside uh-huh. of work. Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. Give something a nickname. I'll uh-huh. forget about it because it's like oh it's yes. Not and then somehow it comes like I'm like looking through my files. It's or like the best present to yourself. And then I read this thing, oh my god, this! And I'll be just be dying laughing. They're like Michelle, <laughs> this is you. And I'm like this is genius. In general, I'm like this is hilarious, and I'll just be like chuckling about it throughout like the next day or so. So I like that. I was yeah, laughing at. I was looking else. for a profile picture for this recording thing that Michelle and I were doing just now before set up and Michelle was like why are you so serious like because <laughs> um, I was like trying to type and like look through oh, what yeah. I didn't you know, know the annals of my my photo op she doesn't know this happened either I was looking through the annals of my photo album just to see what what profile picture I could settle on um, and I was just scrolling through pages and pages and pages of memes of um, Severus Snape dressed up as Neville Longbottom's grandmother and I had totally forgotten that I had saved all these memes um, and Michelle's like, why so serious? And I was just laughing on the inside That's so much, but I couldn't, I couldn't explain to her because she's not the biggest Harry Potter fan, so she wouldn't get it. But it was just <laughs> tremendously funny to me. Have you seen, you seen Galaxy Quest with him, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yes. That's one of my favorite. I grabbed through his hammer, watch a savings. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think that's funny. Kind of, he's like dressed up as. Like, like, he's always. He's so serious. And dying on the inside. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do like about myself, I think humans, is like the multimodal, like the multi-sensory experience you have memory-wise whenever you recall a certain food, like food experience. Like an example for me would be like chocolate chip cookies. Like I can just picture, like a specific time I ate a delicious chocolate chip cookie, and I can like the parts of my brain for my different senses, like I can like experience a sense of smelling it, experience the, the warmth in the room from the oven, experience like the texture of it in my hands, how it felt in my mouth and like the taste of it all. And it's like this whole, yeah, multi-central experience. I think I like it. And I think a great example in Sarah Bang, if you haven't seen it, recommend it. Um, Pixar's film Ratatouille, where mm. like, the famous scene where he actually, the food critic actually has eats the dish of ratatouille an eye-opening experience yes and i think the way it's depicted in, the in a mouth-watering perfect sure yeah i do like that because who, who can say no to like delicious food but also sometimes it's a double-edged sword because i think it can be a little bit cruel when you're dreaming about like a delectable feast you know like um i don't know like lobster Rolls or, or just something like mouthwatering that yes. you can't always get from where you are, um, and and you know like you wake up at 3 a.m. and all you have are pretzels and water in your kitchen, <laughs> and it's a little bit disappointing yeah. when your you know salivary glands have started to activate not just in your dream but also in real life, and you no longer have that like pungent lovely smell the problem yes that's so true yeah because yeah like, oh it's so much better we have this rich memory versus just like a binary i like or don't like that food uh-huh. a situation i've totally been there where i'm like i so can't sad. sleep i can't function without the specific food but where but i can't have it the place i live it's not there but you know like you're so hungry for it like it's like you just need to scratch that itch somehow and, and so if it involves and you'll go to going 
it'll go like it or extreme length in a similar cuisine and you but it's so disappointing it's so disappointing it's so because it's not it's never going to be like what you imagine it to be and it's just, just so tragic you're disgusted with yourself you're disgusted it's just an overall a disappointment um so that i i hope that you do not have a similar frustration I, I do not wish this upon even my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, I'm determined you were able to access all the food items that you're like having those. Um. I have been called a war criminal for my food combinations, but still, if I can get them together, I will get them together in their delicious croissants, Nutella, and prosciutto. Ugh, amazing. What was the second one? <laughs> two, two, <laughs> two of the three ingredients generally work well together. Pick any combination, but um, <laughs> um, croissants, Nutella, and prosciutto. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be that. Oh, and Drawsburg cheese, so four, four ingredients in total. You can make like a ham and cheese sandwich, you know, with a croissant. Um, but uh, at work, I'm I'm an absolute war criminal, and uh, people shun me and, and have cast me into the the denizens of uh, you know just Stephanie's food prison. Well, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, I. I mm, I don't know. I'm sometimes all, you need the savory, sometimes you need the sweet, sometimes you need both. I'm not gonna knock it until I try. You need the creaminess of the Nutella and the Jarlsberg, Jarlsberg cheese from Norway. It's like Swiss cheese, but like better, nuttier. Oh, and then, like you yeah, have the butteriness, the croissant. It's like everything you want, just all the all the five things minus bitter, so four things I guess, all wrapped into one. And as Michelle has previously established. There are no specific areas for sweetness anymore or like savory or whatever. It's just all on your tongue. So your tongue is just having a little party <laughs> while it's eating this like croissant, prosciutto, Nutella, cheese, loveliness. Um, yeah, and I, I love it. Sometimes there's cravings for it and um, it has to be, it has to be served. <laughs> no two ways about it. <laughs> I mean, I think the worst crime at work for food is, like, food that, like, really smells and, like, permeates throughout the whole area. So I think you're not doing the worst of and, and not only that, but, you know, when I bring them in, people can make their own, yeah, the separate you know, combinations. Yeah, you Correct. Your, which, is, which, is, which is fine. So, so some people just want the croissant and Nutella. Some people just want the, the croissant and the ham and cheese. And that's, that's providing me. But now I'm thinking about guilt, like, feeling guilty about your food preferences like the idea of you know guilt i am i have no regrets i just i'm sad that people have shut right, their mind to other situations like <laughs> guilt and shame as sure. human experience and how uh, significant that could be on on you on anybody sure not you you but on anybody I mean, I think dogs also have that too. So I don't think it's exclusive to humans. You know, like no, sometimes dogs get caught eating food that they know they should not be eating, and then they have the guiltiest look on their face. To me, it's a concept which is sometimes of, quite adorable. Of feelings or emotions that you could argue have a certain like evolutionary like like benefit, like the idea of, like fear, mm-hmm. like fear is a beneficial thing to have because it it trains us to know what is safe versus dangerous Mm -hmm. but then at what point does it become so much that it's no longer beneficial like phobias Mm -hmm. or things and Mm -hmm. whatnot and it yeah 
and then gets into like you know like you said anxiety like things that aren't actually true in the present but they're like you know these hypothetical situations i yeah again that's not unique to humans but i like that idea of yeah things that have been like built in to serve like an evolutionary purpose to like help with longevity and surviving but then they can have morphed into something greater and and, and actually cause issues um for that person that entity's well-being I guess to that effect on the opposite end of the spectrum, what makes us adrenaline junkies? Um, cause I was rock climbing recently and some of my uh, people I was with, they were not into the rock climbing or ziplining experience at all. And I was like, why am I always so drawn towards the adrenaline source? Do I have a death wish? I know it's not necessarily a death wish because the harnesses and the cables and pulleys, are, they're yeah, all you safe. Know, trusting in the safety of that. But like at the but same time, I have it. told them that I would love to squirrel suit at some point. <laughs> and you're just trusting that your, your wing suit will come out and unfold properly or, you know, you have enough distance, the wind will be in your favor, like you, you have enough confidence in your navigation, you know, all that stuff. Um, or like bungee jumping, you know, you're just jumping off a cliff. Like, um, what makes some people more adrenaline janky fueled than others? Um, you know, the lack of self-preservation, you know. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to your first point a bit about you know existential dread and death and like yeah if we just he removed that like fear of dying like yeah zip lining would probably be like intrinsically fun or much more mm-hmm. fun for more people because you get to like go fast and like breeze through cool like jungle scenes or whatever um yeah but then again things wouldn't be as safe because that's kind of what birthed the need for safety measures and precautions and emergency teachings and stuff. So that's wonderful for the human experience. Um, yeah. now, uh, music. Music. Yeah. Ooh, music. Another one of your things to share to get us set up. Oh, yes. So, um, I, uh, my team and I, we have, um, your, your team at work or? Yes, my team at work, we were, um, we, we, we work in a very stressful situation. <laughs> um, and I had recently seen a movie called Collateral, um, and it's an old movie, I think it came out in 2004 with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jam- Jamie Foxx is like this, uh, taxi driver. It's, this movie is directed by Michael Mann. I think he's obsessed with taxi drivers. Um, <laughs> he has another one called, just called track taxi driver, Robert De Niro. Another one called Heat, which is not about taxi driver, but still like gangster film stuff. Um, and so Jamie Foxx just happens to be a taxi driver. Um, Tom Cruise gets into his car, um, and, and he is an assassin, and he pays uh, Jamie Foxx, like, some large sum of money in order to, like, have him on hire on standby for the night while he goes and runs, uh, quote-unquote, errands, um, visits, quote-unquote, friends. No friends are involved. It's all a killing. Um and Jamie Foxx is, like, a very moral character, so he's, like, after the first one, he's not okay with it. But he he always likes to escape to, like, his happy place, right? Um, and 
I think prior to Tom Cruise boarding his his car, Jada Pinkett Smith um, is a sort of the love interest comes in, and she's also very stressed. She's a lawyer, uh, and she's worried about her case the next morning, and so um, to kind of calm her down or you know like help her, um, Jamie Foxx suggests that she goes to her happy place. She's like, I have no time. What are you talking about? Like I'm in the city for a reason. I'm only here, you know, so many hours of the day, and that's it. And he's like, no, no, no. Like it's it's a place where you mentally go, and so he like um, brings down the visor in his in his cab, and there's a like a picture, like a postcard or something of of some tropical island. Um, and it's like beautiful, it's like a river or something. And he's like, Yeah, I go. To, and he's like, How many times do you go to your happy place? And he's like, You know, like 30 times a day. Um, and because he's just always pulling on his visor in between, you know, different, um, you know, Traffic. clients or in the middle. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, maybe his clients in the, yell, in the back are yelling at something. And so he temporarily, you know, like mentally transports to this like lovely land of like palm trees and sunsets and wind and, you know, just nice stuff. And, um, so I had uh, ordered a water bottle and had it customized so that it's like the sunniest yellow. <laughs> and um, on one side, I had a pineapple put on it um, just because I love my pineapple facts. <laughs> and on the other side, I put like palm trees and like a hammock and like someone just lazing around. Um, and to me, that's kind of my happy place, even though in real life, I'm not the biggest fan of the beach. It's kind of, it's coarse, it's grainy, and in the words is uh, Anakin Skywalker, and it gets everywhere. Um, but you know, like the idea of a beach is nice. The idea that you can like have somewhere to chill and not have to like, you know, report, respond to anybody, just kind of like hang out you know, in your own thoughts, bask in the sun, uh, you know, like, you're carefree, I like that notion, um, and so, uh, every time I'm at work, I, like, open this bottle and just stare at it, and then drink it, and, you know, for a brief moment, I'm in my happy place, and so, as a tribute to this, um, Michelle and I have compiled this, uh, playlist, and it's kind of got, tropical vibes but not necessarily tropical house vibes like we've had previously with kaigo it's just more um like carefree a little nostalgic but you know just um i don't know what other adjectives would you use soft rock i'd say okay Mm -hmm. not all of them but Uh, like your songs sure so um i mentioned aruba and uh, let's go with Jamaica. <laughs> Ooh, I want to take you down to Kokomo, the Beach Boys song. Um, I was watching the trailer for Space Force again, and I thought they just did that so well. Um, they integrated the song with, the, I think, the second half of the trailer so well. And um, Steve Carell's character is just absolutely about to lose it when, you know, like m- millions and millions of dollars just blow up in front of him. Um, and he's... And he's like the general in charge of all this, and he's like, I, <laughs> I, can either just get really angry, or I can just dance it off. And he he just dances it off um, to the song. And to this day, I I look at my water bottle. I'm like, Aruba, Jamaica, out of desperation. Just, <laughs> but then the rest of my team just kind of chimes in with <laughs> 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 the rest of the song. So now we kind of play it every Friday out <laughs> loud before anybody else comes in, and it's like our little our little jingle, uh, just kind of recenter ourselves with all the insanity. <laughs> 
So, um, Kokomo by Beach Boys. Second one is, um, uh, this is quite a Beach Boys tribute. There's Surfing USA and then Good Vibrations, um, Barbara Ann, which, um, <laughs> I know is not necessarily a tropical song, but. Get you in that mood, though. Get you in the same <laughs> mindset. All these songs. Just like I feel like you should give like a warning label to interpreting like all these songs will be stuck in your head for Oh months, my god, on loop after <laughs> you listen to songs and you'll start humming one of them randomly to yourself. It's, it's the rhythm, it's the beat, it's it's the the, the, the uh harmonies uh-huh, that yeah. the the boys from the beach have done. Um Barbara Ann, even though it's not a beach song, I thought it was kind of vaguely tropical, um, because the only thing I could think about it um, an association with the song is the Minions, and they love bananas. And there's a lovely clip on YouTube. We'll see if we can link that where they're singing um, Barbara Ann, but using the words banana and potato. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful chaos. And um, bananas, I suppose, are vaguely tropical. Um, not the potatoes are, but uh, yes, I thought it was quite lovely. And now Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I know. Like some, at least when I remember recently, like the Beach Boys like were still doing like live performances and stuff. And are they still like doing stuff? I, I remember like kind of when I was growing up, and it felt like. What era are the Beach Boys? I have no idea. They could be like, anywhere from the fifties to like the eighties, or not. I have no concept the sound of to time me for them. Is really like a long time ago it sounds like 50s doo-wop right Um, but it's not it can't be right no they formed yeah in 1961 six okay so like beatles era um yeah and then it's i remember it's it's like two or three like half of them are brothers Um, oh i had no idea then like they're they're definitely like related in some way Okay. So yeah, Good Vibe or sorry, Kokomo came out in 1988. So late. Uh huh. Surfing USA was 1963. Whoa. Good Vibrations was 1966. Okay. And. Wow, that's not very um typical for a band that's formed 20 years later to have and a Barbara huge Ann hit. Barbara was 1965. Interesting. Okay, so the three three of the four songs are from the '60s, and then Kokomo is like the the odd one out from 1988. Interesting. Okay. I definitely just recommend Turbing Kevin. Just give him a listen. I mean, I know I don't know what time of you you're listening to this episode. It um, doesn't matter what time. But I think you will yeah. instantly be transported. This is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you'd be surprised. Um, which, um songs there's you you recognize like wouldn't it be I feel nice it just, it just puts you in a good mood like Fun. it's unstoppable god only knows that's like in love actually oh yeah 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 that's yeah the ending song in love actually and they used it for comic relief as well mm-hmm. um one of the red nose day theme songs so for when you yeah classic yeah. i didn't they have one a song in shrek i want to say i forgot uh, I'm a believer. No, is that Arctic no, Monkeys? No, ignore me. Um, but yeah, good, good, good stuff all around. Um, my songs are not the Beach Boys. Uh, mm. I I had two, but I'll share one right now. So it's 
It's a cover remix of the Etta James song, Good Feeling. Um, it's That song has been sampled, like her vocals and the general tune have been sampled like quite a bit uh, in more of like modern pop techno music. And EDM sort of. EDM, yeah. yeah. And yeah, instead of just including them all, I wanted to include the one that kind of stuck out to me when Stephanie was sharing with me her songs that kind of have that tropical, like, yeah, chilling out on the beach. So this is... Um, I really like it. I didn't know this one existed. Yeah, yeah. So this is called A Good Feeling, and it's the Pretty Lights remix with the, from the Edda James song. So um, I'm not sure if that's on Spotify. If it's not, we'll definitely be sure to link it in the episode description. But it, I feel like it's a nice progression and overall um you know even pretty even uh, mm-hmm. energy level mm-hmm. i feel like yeah yeah mm-hmm. excuse me like kind of wa- watching like the waves lapping it's up not as it's not as like amped as like the edm techno versions but yeah. it's definitely lovely and steady like you said lapping waves Nice watching the clouds go by yeah yeah refreshing um, the next one is another classic tropical sitting down on the beachside um, song. It's called Escape. Uh, perhaps it's more famously known as the Pina Colada song. Um, the, the beginning, like the lyric part, I am not the biggest fan of, even though the story is actually quite interesting. Well, it's a silly um, storytelling song. Yeah. It's a silly storytelling song, but the, the chorus always gets me. You know, the chorus gets everybody. If you like pina coladas. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I definitely love this song. It's, it's a good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all. It had pineapples, coconuts. What more could you want? <laughs> I think. I'm getting caught in the rain. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, before we just end the last song here, I think all these songs, when I think about them, like they're great. For like group parties and hangouts, mm. but they're also really nice to listen on your own, and you don't really feel lonely or missing company. Like you, yeah. At least for me, yeah. Like I've listened to these songs. Taking solo time. walks, and you can just get a little bit more of a pep in your step. Yeah, and you still feel warmth and like a sense of company, but you don't feel like, oh no, I wish I was surrounded by like, all my friends. And I, I don't know, it doesn't mm-hmm. come to mind. The Beach Boys will be your friends. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that just came to mind just now. And so the last song uh, for today's episode, of course, Terrible, if you have more to share, please let us know. Uh, it's a, a, a remix of the of the song You've Got the Love. Uh, you Got the Love by Florence the Machine. It's a group called The XX did a remix of it. And I think it's really nice. I think it's a good song to end on. I mean, all these songs are good to end on, actually, because you could just play this this whole playlist on On loop, and it would blend in great. Um, I think this song has a nice kind of calming with, like, kind of the steel pan drums in the beginning Mm. of the sound, and then Mm -hmm. kind of moves up a little bit into some more energetic kind of, like, tropical house, like a little Afro Mm -hmm. even, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. when it kind of incorporates... Florence Welch's voice. Caribbean vibes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was very interesting how they did Florence's voice because they did some vocal chops too, which is you see a lot in like I guess Kygo's music, but in, I know he doesn't have sole proprietary ownership of that, but it's just very prominent in his. 
Um, so I thought that was interesting to, to notice it in other artists' work as well. Um, yeah. Good, good mix. Uh, I love, I love your, your, the ones, I'm sure I'll be listening to this playlist on loop for the next few weeks while, uh, my team is working out through <laughs> our stressful problems. Um, while I stare longingly at my bottle. <laughs> um, it's just like, Stephanie, why are you getting any work done? Shh, Aruba, Jamaica. <laughs> what a ticket. Um, yes, so, uh, Thank you very much for your contributions, Michelle, and, and your lovely input for today. Um, and Terabang, thank you as well for listening. Um, as always, please feel free to suggest some topics or, uh, you know, your thoughts about whatever we've talked about in this episode. Um, and yeah, let us know, like, what your happy place is or mm-hmm. how you have arrived or what kind of songs you like to listen to to get to your happy place. Um, yeah. Take care of yourself. Right. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Sure. Mind yourself. Bye. Bye bye.